News Talk's Executive Chair. I'm delighted to welcome to the Executive Chair, David Russell. He's the Chief Executive Officer of LEO Networks. You're very welcome to the programme, David. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for having me. Now, we'll go back to uh, Warren Point, County Down. Uh, your upbringing, I think your your dad worked in Bass Breweries, is that right? That's Tell right. Tell us a little bit about your early days. So I grew up in Warren Point, up in County Down, uh, not very far away from the new host of Late Late Show. Um, and we, I grew there 18, for, I was there for the first 18 years before going to Belfast to college. And yep, dad worked for Bass, so he worked in the drinks business all his days. Uh, worked in sales and then eventually in the management team there. In, which is now part of the CNC group. Right. And you were a bit of a hustler as a young fella, is that right? Uh, yeah, I always was interested in probably earning money and wanting money. Uh, always had ideas of uh, running a business. I probably watched all the wrong TV shows where it was full of business people and I thought that looked quite interesting. So I did things like the selection boxes that were gifted to me, I stripped them and sold them at school and when down GA were at its height made memorabilia and sold it and clean cars in my parents' driveway and always had something on the go to, to earn a bit of pocket money. Yeah, yeah. So it was after college then in Queens where you studied law, is that right? Studied law in Queens. Yeah. Yeah, went up to Queens. Probably not the right choice. It, it Only for finding the boat club and rowing it might have been an unmitigated disaster. Uh, law wasn't for me, although I enjoyed being in Queens and enjoyed rowing and learned a lot from it. Uh, but yeah, went to Belfast. Okay. Time. Uh, first job was with a company called Fluent Technologies. They were an Invest Northern Ireland back business. Tell us a little bit about them. Fluent, yeah, Fluent Technologies. So Invest Northern Ireland obviously do great work around backing uh, Northern Irish businesses who export. And Fluent were data, effectively a database company very early, very early on when when this technology was becoming more relevant. Worked for there, stayed there for the first 12 months in a, in a graduate program and learned a lot uh, throughout my career. I've been, including my father, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of mentors in business and a lot of people to, to coach and teach. And there I had a great guy called Keith Turkington who owned the business, who, who really taught me a lot very early on in my first job. Okay, very interesting. Um, I know you've still connected with the family business, uh, GDK, uh, food and drinks, is that right? That you, you're still a director of that company, but you helped your dad set that up, is that right? Yeah, I still sit on the board of that, but I don't really have as an active role. Dad and I set that up in 2009. We're 15 years old next year. Yeah. Uh, we set that up. Um, then there was a, we saw an opportunity for, there was some amazing brands that were trying to make their way into, initially in the Northern Irish market and then the Irish market, um, and weren't getting traction or weren't getting representation. So we started to represent them, started to sell them, distribute them. Uh, and we got some great opportunities. We got some great brands. When Swedish Cider was huge, we launched Recorded Lake Cider. We worked with the amazing guys in Kyo's Crisps up in Northern Ireland. We do their distribution, Manhattan yeah. Popcorn. So we have some fabulous brands and we're going 15 years. Uh, and that was where I probably cut my teeth in business and learned... Some got some of the blows and learned some of the hard things around business. And it it didn't suit you to stay in that business. You kind of really went and paddled your own canoe then, uh, so to speak, taking a job with uh, Curry's PC World where you worked for a couple of years. Yeah, I was there in the business for about six years and realised I probably didn't have some of that corporate or boardroom or big business experience. So I thought that might be quite good um, to get on the CV uh, so I was very fortunate to get an opportunity to work in the business transformation team, uh, which was focused on the merger of the two businesses. Uh, what was then, it was then called Dixon's and Carphone Warehouse, now Curry's PLC. And unfortunately, Carphone doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and also worked on the launch of their mobile network. So we worked on many different things, emerging the businesses, opening new stores, launching new 
brands and, and so I was there for about four years and learned a lot, learned a lot of bigger business experience that I previously yeah. didn't have. And was that your sort of uh, a sort of a neat segue in then to become head of sales of host? How did that come about? It was. The original shareholders and directors uh, and exec team of host, I would have known, and they saw the work that was done in, in Curry's piece, PLC now, and also, but particularly around they were focused on the launching of our own business and the challenges that that brings. Uh, host now, Elio Networks, is a small to medium-sized um, internet service provider, so they understood that there was a balance of knowing that big business experience, working in telco, understanding it, but also what the hard yards and what it is to launch your own business and all the challenges that come with it that, that every small business faces on a day-to-day basis. So head of sales then, I suppose, uh, blooded you for the ultimate task of becoming the CEO uh, because that business is all about sales, is it not? It's all about sales. Sales is a very good, even you know when we started the family business, that was about sales. We were a sales business. You know, When we were launching our ciders and trying to get pubs in Belfast and Dublin to launch it, it was putting a rucksack of cider in the back and knocking doors and getting told to get out of most of them until we got traction and started to build it. Um, sales likewise in Host Ireland was around getting out there. We had, as a business that year, we'd just done a major overhaul of our network and built the network to allow us to do f- uh, far greater levels of capacity and therefore be able to approach a different customer base on the tech companies. So it was a kind of pivot and change the business. That was one of the reasons to come into it. So it definitely taught me a lot about the business and how to scale and grow it. So as a connectivity business now, where does LEO sit in the in the grand scheme of things, tell us a little bit about where you are in your own target market. So we're an all-Ireland connectivity provider, but we focus on, we're business to business, and we focus on the urban areas particularly, although we have the ability to connect any business across the island, and in fact globally. We own and operate our own wireless network in Dublin and Cork. We have over 3,000 customers, ranging from some incredible SMEs that have grown this economy, right up to the multinational tech companies that have made the economy a success. So we, we go right across that spectrum. We have multiple products for, for all those companies. And, and we've grown that business. We have some unique selling points. We have a guaranteed next day install. So if you want a connection, you call me on Monday, you'll have your connection in, in Tuesday, which is quite unique in the industry when fibre takes 12 weeks to 12 months to install. Still. Still, yeah, yeah, still. And and it's getting worse. The, the cost of ducts, the cost of uh, laying fibre, the challenges around it are getting greater and greater. Where what we do, because we own, manage and operate our entire network across Dublin, Cork and soon Limerick, uh, we can install t- tomorrow. We've actually installed the same day. We've had, we've had a number of companies who have either been let down or the project was expedited and they've come to us uh, one, uh, on a day and said, look, how quickly can you get installed? And we've installed it the same day. Interesting as well about the business, and I know it was sold. I know it was sold for uh, sixty million odd in twenty twenty two, but up to that, uh, any marketing spend was seat of the pants stuff. Is that right? It was seat of the pants. <clears throat> it was uh, trying to build what we could with nothing. We we focus very much on one conversation at a time, one sale at a time. So our sales strategy was very much around that referral word of mouth business. Since acquisition, and we rebranded from Host Ireland Business Broadman to Elio Networks, we thought it was a good opportunity to actually tell more people about what we do, how we do it, and who we are. 
But prior to that, it really was seat of the pants. It was trying our best. It was being everything from putting banners up in at the very early days in business parks to handing out croissants. So all the stuff that businesses do when they're trying to start off. Yeah. Uh, but we've we've come away from those days, and now we're we're slightly more sophisticated. But we haven't forgotten about them. So what's the end game then for Elio Networks, uh, David? So we want to continue to grow. We think there's a lot of opportunity here. We're very lucky to live in and operate in one of the only countries, certainly in Europe, that is going to show population growth. We're in a very exciting economy, even with some of the the slowdown and inflation and course correction. We are still operating in a very, very exciting economy. What we do is needed as digital transformation takes more hold, AI, Internet of Things, autonomous vehicles, all those incredible stuff that's now really starting to come to the fore. Everything needs to be connected. So we think there's a huge opportunity here in Ireland, but we also have international aspirations. When we rebranded to Elio, we did that purposely, so it was a name that would travel, that people in in other countries could say easily. So we are looking not just at the Irish market, UK, Europe, and further afield okay. for acquisition. Um, you, your life changed, I think, immeasurably recently because you're uh, the proud father of twin boys age seven months. Uh, tell us about how that's changed your life. Oh, that changes your life. You, 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 you never realise how much free time you had previously. Uh, it's incredible. It's an incredible opportunity. Uh, my husband and I, also called David, are very proud to be dads. We, uh, they were born earlier this year in Waco in Texas. We're back home now and they've just changed our lives. They, they sleep most of the time, which is, which is we're very fortunate. We're not sitting looking like uh, zombies from The Walking Dead. Uh, but it just gives you a new direction, a new drive. It re- sort of recalibrates your life into, into a different way and you realise what's important. Absolutely. And finally, um, I understand that uh, you went on a road trip in 1989 from Dublin to Mongolia in a Volkswagen Golf. Uh, tell us about that Volkswagen Golf. We went. It was actually uh, in the late two thousands, but it was a nineteen eighty nine VW Golf. We went. Oh, sorry. In. Okay. Yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, we went. We drove from Ireland to Mongolia via Iran and the former USSR, and the most incredible experience. It was. It was probably coming from. Co- I wasn't long out of college. Wasn't long rowing. Probably wasn't as worldly as I needed to be in life at the time, and I think that was a huge uh, opportunity to do that. And like we had so many incredible. We met the. Very best of people from families putting us up, the Red Crescent in Iran, rescuing us the side of the road, trying to fix a tire in the middle of Gobi Desert with nobody around for hundreds of miles, our engine falling out uh, just before we arrived in Ulaanbaatar. Um, It was just the most incredible experience and we met the most incredible people. And looking back, sometimes I wonder how we actually got here, but we did. We got there at the end. And what you didn't tell us was that the car had no reverse or third gear. Yeah, we we (laughs) bought the car and we bought it from a doctor in Offaly and it had 130,000, 140,000 miles on it. And it was fine when we bought it at four gears. And one of the guys on the trip, a guy called Guy Craigie, he arrived up to my parents' house to proudly show it off. And when he arrived, everything went so we lost reverse, we lost um, third gear. So that was interesting trying to get through the motorways. But the reverse was the funniest because any time we'd go to get petrol at a petrol station, we couldn't reverse out. So we all had to get out and we had to push the car out until the main road. If we, if we coasted, and in London, our drive shafts actually nearly snapped. And only that we weirdly, we, were they were broke because we used to have to jumpstart the car. 
because it wouldn't wouldn't start. And the AA were just sitting there, and they fixed us and got us to uh, Romania, where we got the drive shafts fixed. But yeah, we. We, we, we toured the world with no reverse gear. We, ne- are, we never went backwards. These are the things we remember. Uh, David Russell, Chief Executive Officer of LEO Networks, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Bobby. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.